of what, what happens in his presence. Praise the Lord. Just very quickly, I'm going to take you to the book of 2 Corinthians, the first chapter. I'm not going to take very long this morning, and I want the, the praise team to just stay, stay close by. They, they don't have to all go, but just stay close by if you can. Do you remember Wednesday night? Um, we are going, we are privileged and, and blessed and honored to have the Shirley family. Uh, missionaries with us Wednesday night and just come expecting a, a, a great word. We know um, when it comes to operating as a missionary and when it comes to operating as a minister in other countries and foreign soil, there are a lot of things that they face on a different level than what we face. And so there is an act of, 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 of faith that operates with missionaries that, that has a tendency to go beyond the normal. So Wednesday night, I know that you, when you come... Come expecting God to do a great work. Come expecting God to do a miracle. Come expecting God to show Himself strong on your behalf and believe in God to do a great, exciting thing in your life and come expecting pastors should be back by then so I know that they will be here and so you don't have to worry about me any longer. And so uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, uh, I'll be here. I won't be gone, but pastor will be here. So if you've got any problems, you can just go to him. But in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, the 18th verse, but as God is true, our word towards you was not yea and nay. Our word was not compromised of confusion is what Paul was trying to admonish the church. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, 
even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him are amen, meaning yes, and it is done unto the glory of God by us. I want to talk to you today about a God of promise, a God of promise. Uh, don't you believe that God answers prayer? Don't you believe that God responds to the cry of his people? Don't you believe that his promises are yea and amen? He is a God of promise and there is power in his promises. Why don't we lift up our hearts and our voices and talk to him for the next few moments? God, in the precious name of Jesus, we ask that you would move in a powerful and in a mighty way. Oh God, that you would release our hearts from pain. That you would release our minds from confusion. That you would operate in the supernatural right now in this place, oh God. That you would remind us and restore the confidence in our hearts again to the promises of God. We believe, oh Lord, that you are faithful. And we believe that you answer the prayer of them that call upon your name. God, there are many prayers that need to be answered right here, right now, today in this house. There are many needs that are represented. There are many hearts that are struggling. There are many lives that are broken right now. And God, if you would hear them all, if you would speak to them all, if you would touch them all, let the power of your promises, oh God, be released in the precious name of Jesus. Why don't we clap our hands unto the Lord one more time? Oh, we praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. It was no controversy that they were building faith within a new and fresh and thriving church. Now the church has over 2,000 years old. It has, it has faced storm. It has faced consequence. It has faced persecution. But I'm here to tell you that the church is still standing. He has given promise and He has given power to this church. And the promises of God are this. They are yea and they are amen. The promises of God do not come in failure. The promises of God does not come undone. The promises of God does not come unfulfilled. If God has said it, it shall be. If God has promised it, it shall be. If God has declared it, you might as well go ahead and write it down that it is done. I want to know a promise that God ever spoke that did not come to pass. Because even from the very beginning, he said upon the seed of the woman, the serpent should bruise his heel, but he would crush its head. And at the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ put a nail in the midst of the, into a proverbial coffin that cannot be undone. And it forever conquered the curse of sin and the life of mankind from thenceforth. The promises of God do not fail. He promised to Abraham of your seed there should be no end as the stars of the sky and of the sand upon the seas. The Lord began to operate in a man who was low of faith, who had begun to have a little insignificant thoughts of himself. He looked at his wife and she said, how am I? I'm too far gone in years and maybe we can find another way, but God doesn't need any other way other than his way when it comes to his 
promises. His promises are yea and amen. And at 99 years of age, a woman who was beyond the years of being able to conceive brought forth a son and named him Isaac. I'm telling you, God does not come short concerning his promises. For you shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sin. A promise that would also come to pass. Despite all the complications that come surrounding the whole idea of man bringing forth a Savior. Man bringing forth an incarnate God. God manifested in flesh. But a woman that wasn't even married and bringing forth a child haven't even been betrothed yet. How all of the complicated thoughts that would begin to flood their mind. He was thinking about putting her away privately. But God has a way of working out everything so that it would come to the glory of God. By the glory of the name of Jesus Christ, the promises of God are yea and amen. amen. Quit struggling with your mental ability to try and your physical capabilities to work things out. The promises of God need only our trust, our faith, and often our obedience to operate where our thoughts and our actions cannot hold us. But faith will begin to raise us to a level to allow us to see where the hand of God operates in us, through us, and with us. It's not by might, nor by power He has declared to His people, but by my Spirit. Quit trying to depend on your feelings if God is working or not. Quit trying to depend on what your eyes see if God is working or not. Quit trying to depend on what you feel in your heart or what you think in your mind. If God has said it, if God has promised it, it shall be as it was declared. I really want faith to come up in this place like it hasn't in a long time. If you've been going through a season, uh, that song meant what it meant for a reason. I can't stop praising His name because He has not failed me yet. I may not have what I once had. I may have endured more hurt than I have ever endured before. I may feel like I have lost something but I can't stop because His promises are yea and amen. He is not slack concerning them and if He has said there shall be joy in the morning then there shall be joy in the morning. His promises do not come unfulfilled. He assembled them together and He commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father. Which He said, you have heard of Me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with not many days hence. Not many days hence. There was a specific time frame which God was getting ready to operate, but yet not many days could be any number of days because who knows the timing of God. And that's where we get so confused with the promises of God because we are always worried about in a right now kind of the time frame, an immediate time frame. We've got pain, but we want God to release it now. We've got confusion 
vision, but we want God to answer it now. We got heartache and grief, but we want God to move it now. We've got mountains in our, na- our way and we don't want to climb them right now. We want God to remove them now. We are a right now want what we want at this moment kind of generation. But he only said at an appointed time, not many days hence. But even if it was just 10 days, it could have been 15 days. The promises of God were still yet and amen and when the day of Pentecost was fully come some of us have got to start to learn how to endure the time some of us have got to understand how to endure the storm it may be raging for a minute for a moment it may be raging for a night but the storm is going to end and the word will come to pass the storm is going to stop and the word is going to be fulfilled If he has declared to you that he's going to be faithful, then I promise you he is with you right now. If he has said that he is never going to leave you, I want you to turn around and realize he's with you right now. He has spoken promises that have yet and have not come to pass, but the power that rests in the promises of God are to the salvation and the uplifting of our soul. We're still waiting on many promises. We're still waiting for God to change things. We're still waiting for God to answer. We're still waiting for God to give direction. But there's a power in the promises of God. For at the point when the time when they are fulfilled, they will be fulfilled for our good. And when it is for our good, it is for His glory. So sing your song in the midst of a strange land. Sing your song in the midst of tribulation. Sing your song in the midst of turmoil. Sing your song in the midst of heartache. Sing your song in the midst of grief. Sing your song in the midst of confusion. Sing your song in the midst of being surrounded. Sing your song in the midst of a situation where you seem as unfair. Sing your song in the midst of circumstance. Sing your song in the midst of... Because he is not slack concerning his promises. Have you forgotten that the word of God is true and it does not come back to him unfulfilled and void? Have you forgotten that God is faithful? Have you forgotten that God is great? Have you forgotten that God is sovereign? Have you forgotten? How many reassurances do we need before we have confidence to praise Him on behalf of the victory that's already been given to us? How many reassurances do we need? Have you all been let down by Him too many times? Has He not answered prayers one too many times? Has He abandoned you? Has He left you forsaken and alone? Has he broken your spirit and caused you to feel that you were unloved and unwanted? But have you come into his presence and been hid under the shadow of his wing? Have you come into his presence and where two or three are gathered together? There in the midst of them, he was there waiting on you, calling to you, reaching to you. Have you felt the anointing move from the top of your head to the sole of your feet? Have you come bearing the weight of a burden that you were not strong enough to carry? But in the presence of the Lord, lifted up your hands and all of a sudden, something really weightless come upon you and you felt like your heart was leaping out of your chest. I'm telling you, the promises of God are yea and amen. And there is the power in his promise there's anointing in intercession in his promises 
Because where Joseph and Mary had confusion, there was always an intervention from heaven trying to tell them, I know what I'm doing. I have a plan for your life. I know that the situation may seem hard right now. But what is in you is conceived of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, Joseph, don't put her away. I'm telling you, Joseph, just stay faithful to the promise. I'm telling you, just stay faithful to the plan. And everything's going to work together. And all of a sudden, one day when you don't even realize it, he's sitting there, he's opening the eyes of the blind. He's unstopping deaf ears. He's getting ready to be invited to a wedding. Mary doesn't have any answers of what to do. But all she knows to do is whatever he tells you to do. That's all you got to do. Because he's never failed me yet. It's never left me confused yet. It's never left me without hope yet. I'm telling you whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And if he's telling you right now to hang on, hang on. If he's telling you right now to break through, then break through. Then all you can do is when you get to the point when you have done all that you can do to stand, stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth. Because I'm telling you, the truth of God is his promises are yea and amen. Oh, come on. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord this morning. They're yea and amen. For where have we have learned that they are no and sometimes maybe. Because he said his words were never yes and no. But always yes. And it is done when it concerns your salvation and your deliverance. He has already shown himself strong and mighty on our behalf. He has already shown himself strong and capable and more than able to bear our burdens. It was by His stripes that we are healed that we have the authority in His name to speak upon every broken body, upon every emotional distress, and declare in the name of Jesus, let there be healing, because by His stripes it was already a given promise, and it is done. Sometimes it comes immediately. Sometimes it comes with time. But the promise is this. It comes. It may be next week. It may be next month, but it will come. It may be in the night and it may be in the new day, but the promise will come. It may be in the worst day. It may be in the best day, but the promise will come. And there is a purpose and there is a reason to praise his name in faith. That is why a day in the courts of the Lord is best than a thousand elsewhere because in his presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures for everyone there are promises with power that are contained within his house sometimes the promises are things that God is still working to perform because after all Jesus had to mature as a child he wasn't just born and as a baby began to immediately speak and calm the storms with his voice. He wasn't crying in the arms of his mother and then all of a sudden the earth began to tremble and shake in nations, region, regions here and far. The child had to grow and the child had to develop. The child had to mature at a point in an age where it was able to confound the minds of the scholars and began to open the eyes and the hearts of them to show that even God would speak through even a child. 
And through a missing years of 18, he began from 12 to 33, he was just seemingly gone, seemingly out of the picture. But until a day when at a marriage supper in Cain and Mary would say, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And now the time had come and every opportunity that God had been given to move and operate in the hearts and the minds and in the lives of men began to unfold seemingly in a moment when all of a sudden he just wanted them to take up pitchers of water and they began to question how is it they've served the best wine last. Turning water into wine was only the beginning and the spark of what God was getting ready to do. God was getting ready to turn an ordinary world into a supernatural feast of what the power and the presence of God could show forth. He was getting ready to mature something in their eyesight. He was getting ready to perform a work before their own eyes that had been in front of them for years. They saw men that were sitting at a gate that had sat there for years raised up in the power and the name of Jesus. He moved by the pool of Bethesda when no man could even move another lame man. He said, I've got nobody here to move me. I've got nobody here to help me. I've been sitting here waiting one time a year for years of my life. I've wasted time and I've wasted opportunity. And the Lord said, quit wasting your life. Take up your bed and walk. I'm telling you, God began to show forth the power and the demonstration because his name was given for he shall save his people for their sin. And it didn't just happen overnight. But he had to stay faithful to the promise and let the promise come to pass. Musicians, if you want to come, Sister Worthington. Abraham was stuck in the dilemma the Lord had spoken to him. He had called him out of Ur. He had taken him out of Ur and called him. He said, I'm going to take you out of, your, of, the, of the monotony of your life. I'm going to take you out of, the, of the, the repetitious actions and favors of your family. And I'm going to move you to a place. I'm calling you out, Abraham. I've got promises for you. I'm going to make of your name a great and a wonderful name. And of the nations of the earth, they're going to be blessed because of you. I'm going to bless them that bless you. I'm going to curse them that curse you. I'm going to make your seed as the stars of the heavens. And he began to speak to Abraham. But Abraham was all already old in age and the only thing that he desired of God was that God would give him a child him and Sarah they had tried but they didn't have anything and he's sitting here looking at God I don't don't even have what I need I I don't even have what I want how are you going to make a way from this and you don't have to have all the ingredients you just have to have obedience you don't have to have it all together But if God is going to speak to you a word, you've got to believe the promises of God. But what do you do in between the now and the promise? What do you do in between when the word is given and until the day that the word is fulfilled? I promise you, you can't give up. I promise you, you can't let down. I promise you, you can't hold back. I promise you, there is something in being consistent. There is something in being faithful. I'm going to tell you one of the first things that Abraham learned how to do is Abraham learned how to build an altar. The Bible said that when he left Ur, before he got to Herod, he came to a place called Shechem, meaning a place of burdens, and he laid an altar there. He said, I've come to a place where I've got to learn how to lay my burdens down. I've got to come to a place where I learn how to lay every thought aside that conflicts with the promises that God has given me. You have got to stop carrying weight around that's not meant for you to carry. And you've got to learn how to start trusting in the promises of God.
we're too weighed down by our hurt. We're too weighed down by our pain. We're too weighed down by our... There's a reason why we say, oh, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, for He is good. Because when I consider the heavens and the work of thy hands, the sun, the moon, and the stars which thou hast ordained, when I begin to think I'm not forgotten, the promises of God are yea, and they are amen, and it shall come to pass. What do you do in between the now and the promise? You build altars. Well, I'm going to tell you another thing that you do. You learn how to worship. Because it came to a day when child, even Isaac wasn't even old enough. And the promise of Abraham, he said, it of your seed and your seed's seed. Isaac's just a young child. And the Lord's come to Abraham. He said, I want you to take your child, your only child. And I want you to take him to a mountain and a land that I will show you. And I want you to offer it. But it's what you gave me. It's the only seed of the promise that I have. This is only the beginning. I haven't even seen the fulfillment of all that you have promised me that you're going to do. And if you take this away, how are you going to perform? If you take the beginning away, how are you going to make something out of nothing? But what do you do in between now and a promise? He said, you stay here. The lad and I, we're going under to worship. And we're going to come down again. I tell you what you do. You worship and you have faith. You worship and you have faith. When I'm telling you something. As the Lord ascended again before their eyes, the Bible said that while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall come also in like manner as you have seen him arise. He said he's coming again. He said he's showing up again in the same manner that he went. But one thing that they let them know, don't just stand here staring. Quit just looking for something to happen when God has given you a promise with something to do. What do you do between now and a promise? You build altars if you need to. You bring correction in your life when you need to. There's things inside of me that aren't right. There's thoughts inside of me that aren't right. I've done things that are not right. My life's not pleasing God. I want my life to be pleasing to you. And then the next thing you do is you worship. And you worship up the mountain and you worship down the mountain. You worship with expectancy and you worship with faith. You worship with hope and you worship with the idea that God is faithful to His promises. And you don't stop. And you don't give in. And you don't get weary in well-doing. And you don't... Too many times we have let what we have lost conflict us. Too many times we have let what we have, what has hurt us keep us locked in in a box. But the promises of God are here to set us free. 
and ye shall receive power. And ye shall receive power. That's a promise. And ye shall receive power. It's a promise. And ye shall receive power. It's a promise. Because as Peter stood on the day of Pentecost, one of the first illustrations that he made was, this is that. This is that promise that it was talked of us of. And thus saith the Lord, in the last days I will pour it out. This is that. This is that promise. He promised it. He said it. And now it's here. And if you know me, I'm not here to shout you out. I'm not here to run you around the aisles. I'm not here to march you around the church. But I think it would be fitting right now as as a body we stood to our feet. And I believe that in faith it would be appropriate for us to open up our mouth a little bit. And praise God according to the promises that are yea and amen. You praised God for belief on your family and over your children. Then you need to praise God that that prayer was answered and it was heard. You praised God on behalf of healing and deliverance. Then you need to praise God on behalf that it is done. You praise God on behalf of salvation and hope. You better start praising God on behalf. You're praising God for the promises of God are yea and amen. six in the altar hey I'm telling you we got to start operating in faith we got to stop operating with the condition of trying to be normal and like everything if you have a promise for your family if you are holding in your heart right now a promise for your family now is the right time to start operating in faith on behalf of that promise. Come on. I want you to get out of your pews. I want you to raise your hand. I still believe. I still have hope. I still have faith. It's done. It's done. And when faith begins to arise, I want you to praise God on behalf of it. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Let the redeemed of the Lord begin to say so. Come on. I don't want you to question. Hey, I have a promise, and he's going to do it. I have a promise. He's going to fulfill it. I've got a promise. He's going to save my children. He's going to 
restore my family. He's going to bring them back. I have a promise. He's going to move my children and my grandchildren. I have a promise. He's not going to leave me. I've got a promise. He's going to move in my finances. I've got a promise. It's coming back together. I've got a promise. He's going to keep it. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. I won't turn back now. I won't. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. I won't turn back now. The mountain is high, but it's not too steep. possess the promises that God has for us and I know seasons have a tendency to seem longer and be longer but the way that we begin to 
forget the promises. It starts a process of time where we begin to let go of the promises. I hadn't been here very long when Pastor Tackett began to tell me of a prophecy that came over this church. I don't know who spoke it. I believe it was a... um, I don't even remember the guy's name. But a great revival was coming to this church. And at a point in time, and I believe he said it was a 500 soul revival. I don't see 500 people. I, 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 just, I don't count when we come to church. I know we don't have 500. And I don't know when the prophecy was spoken. But I know this about time. When you don't begin to see the progress in time, you get frustrated. And when you don't see the progress in time and you begin to get frustrated, you begin to think, it's just not going to happen. And at some point, you just forget about it. And then all of a sudden, the promises of God are just let go. But the promises of God are yea and amen. Amen. The only thing that matters is the consistency of faith and believing in that promises until the time of fulfillment. So at what point you started doubting and at one point you started, we started losing hope or losing faith or losing sight of the promises, that's when we just truly began to let go. But now is the time that we grab a hold of the promises of God and hold on. Because when he ascended, they weren't left to just sit there and stare at the ceiling as if this was it. He said, go and tarry in Jerusalem until. If there is a promise that God is going to send great revival to this town then the same promise in the same manner. Why do you stand here and stare? He said, I need you to go and I need you to start working until. I need you to go back to Lone Oak. I need you to continue to pray. I need you to continue to hold fast. I need you to continue to occupy. I need you to continue to worship. I continue to still have hope and faith in what God has promised to do until. And who we lose, who leaves, or who passes, or what heartache, or what grief, until. Saints and elders and children, they're going to come and they're going to go. And I don't want them to take that I don't think or, or I don't care about your loss or your heart. No, 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 no. I care. And because I care, I understand what it looks like. You've lost something that has, has great value to revival. But the promise is that the revival is still a promise. And it is still coming. And it is still at our grasp. And it is still here. And I cannot fight on behalf of your revival alone. I will fight for your faith and I will fight for your family but I cannot do it without someone having anticipation that if you're going to fight you're fighting on behalf of a promise that I possess. And so in the name of Jesus Christ right now at Lone Oak Apostolic Church I still possess the promise of revival. I still possess the promise that my children
Spirit and your I still possess the promise that joy shall overcome the joy shall overcome joy shall overcome praise shall overcome As long as you are praising on behalf of the promise, I will continue to worship with you and fight on behalf of it as well. I feel something. I felt something this morning in the Holy Ghost about this service today that there was great victory. That there was great victory. And the Holy Ghost. Because you still possess the promise. Despite what you see. Despite what you think. Despite what you feel. The promise is still. And there shall be a great revival. In Lone Oak Apostolic Church. Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, help us be steadfast and faithful and committed to the promise which you have declared unto us. Let us not be besetted by any thought, by any hurt, or by any hindrance, oh God. Let no sin come in between us and what you have to pour out in this city, oh God. Let no wall come in between us and what you have declared unto us to possess. And Lord, oh God, let the heavens open up and be poured out in Lone Oak Apostolic Church as you have declared in that day. God, we still possess a great promise and we ask that you would continue to work in us to see it fulfilled. Give us strength in our bodies. Give us faith in our spirit. Give us hunger in our soul to not hold back and not be quiet and not quench what the Spirit is doing. God, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking for you to open the heart of every backslider and then you would draw them back once more. I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would pour your Spirit so powerfully through this church that would pour out through this community that there would be a drawing into your presence. In the name of Jesus, fulfill your promises. Comfort the hearts that mourn in this season. Comfort the spirits that are weary in this season. And strengthen them for the journey that is ahead. For there is a great promise that is at hand. In Jesus' name. possess a great promise hold it dear have faith be faithful I'll calm down at some point I'll get the evangelist out of me at some point maybe 
God will do it. God bless you. We love you. Let's come again Wednesday night expecting. If you've, got, uh, if you've got people in your family, if you've got lost loved ones, why don't you bring them? If you, have, if you know somebody that needs the Holy Ghost, someone needs a miracle in their body, I believe it would be a wonderful time to have. Any service is a great time to bring somebody that needs a, has a need of a miracle in their life. But, you know, when it's a missionary, there's just a, 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 a supernatural essence that, that, that follows them because of what they have to deal with uh, on their everyday journey of ministry in foreign soil and the spirits and the mindsets that they have to deal with. Bring somebody. Come expecting God to do a great work. Um, we love you. We'll see you Wednesday night.